When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday. Nebraska Orthopedic Center, Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, thanks for uh, some time today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. How y'all doing? We're doing all right. We're doing a lot better than Deshaun Watson needs shoulder surgery out for the rest of the year. Uh, he paused uh, with the media session today with the Browns, and it's it's very tough. He's had knee issues. He's got a max guaranteed deal, but an MRI performed Monday revealed that Watson had a displaced fracture on the glenoid, his right shoulder. Explain that to us and correct the pronunciation. Yeah, you bet, Chris. Ah, nice work. Glenoid is perfect. You know, as you think about uh, anatomically this region, so obviously we're talking about the shoulder. The shoulder is a ball and socket joint. So on the socket side of the shoulder, that structure is actually called the glenoid. Um, Around the glenoid is a structure called the labrum. We've had a couple of chats on here about labral tears and instability in shoulders. And so, you know, pretty uncommon to have a fracture of the glenoid. Um, oftentimes when we start to see, you know, fractures of the glenoid, which are going to be like a displaced piece coming off the socket side, um, oftentimes we really are talking about instability typically. Um, you know, true glenoid fractures, obviously really high-level impact can cause a true glenoid fracture. Um, and like a car accident, one of those things. But obviously you're playing in the NFL, get hit by a big enough truck out there on the field that that could do it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, my assumption for him would be he's probably had some subtle instability here and then had kind of a big event here where he probably dislocated the shoulder, and that typically is enough force as that ball portion kind of slams forward and dislocates out of place. That ball slams into the socket in addition to tearing up or lifting up that labrum that tends to break part of that front aspect of that socket off. So if you think about the socket of the glenoid, we think of it as kind of a clock face. So if you're kind of looking towards the front of that clock face, down towards the bottom, kind of between about 3 o'clock down to about 6 o'clock, that's typically where these injuries happen. And, again, it's more of kind of a shearing injury as that ball portion slides forward out of place, nails part of that front edge of the glenoid, and basically fractures off a piece of that. And that's most likely what he's dealing with at this time. He played through this the entire second half against Baltimore in Cleveland's comeback victory. Uh, It was painful, he said, but uh, it occurred in that first half. How'd the guy get through it, still throw for 200-some yards and have a good completion percentage? That sounds pretty remarkable. It really does, Chris. It really does sound remarkable. He got through that. And really, uh, I'm assuming that the symptoms he's been having is more kind of instability-type symptoms. And so, you know, from a throwing mechanism perspective, as you try to wind up, get back into that cocking motion, um, that motion of going all the way back, so you're kind of rotating that wrist back towards your shoulder, elbows kind of coming out to the side, that's kind of that classic position where that ball portion wants to feel like it wants to slip forward or slip out of place. So no doubt as he was doing that, he probably felt a bit of apprehension, if you will, 
feeling like that ball portion might slide out, but still pretty amazing that, that he can do this. Um, you know, a lot of our athletes we talked about before, especially our throwing athletes, we always talk about kind of walking that fine line of, you know, having just enough instability, laxity, looseness of that shoulder to allow you to throw, you know, a certain type of velocity. But obviously you always kind of walk that fine line. If you start to cross over it, then that ball portion, the mechanics start to change. You start to slip out. And it becomes obviously more and more difficult to generate that velocity as that shoulder becomes more unstable, which, again, I think is a scenario we're kind of heaving at this point. He had a rotator cuff strain earlier in the season. Uh, the medical staff say there's nothing related to it. But when we talk shoulder and throwing shoulder, I mean, that's a, a mess to deal with, with rotator cuff. And then it sounds like this uh, molehill turned into a mountain with the, uh, the glenoid uh, when you talk about repeated hits and kind of a build up to it finally collapsing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you wonder what kind of connection is there. You know, does the does the rotator cuff issue show up because he already has some subtle instability? You know, maybe perhaps. Uh, on the flip side, did he, you know, rehab this thing hard enough uh, to allow that rotator cuff to recover and strengthen to the point where he has enough, you know, kind of strength and stability to hold that shoulder in place? Obviously, you can start asking some of those questions. Um, you know, but in the, in the end, unfortunately, at, at that level of play, the kind of force that's exerted on those folks. I mean, it could have just been a one-time deal where it knocked it out. Deshaun Watson, our topic, a jock doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. So let's talk procedure and recovery, Dr. Brandon. What's the timetable look like here for, for Watson to get back and be his old self? You know, typically with these, if they're going to go and fix the glenoid, I'm just going to fix the you know, instability piece on the labral side would be part of this most likely. So if you do something like that, you're looking at being in a sling with one of those pillows for about four to six weeks. Could be a little longer depending on how much kind of bony work goes into it and the stability and the fixation they feel is adequate for that. You may go a little longer than that. Um, you know, total recovery time, at least the contact side of things, you know, typically somewhere in that four-and-a-half to six-month range. Obviously, he's got plenty of time to get ready for next year. I think the big question mark for these folks is, you know, when do you let them start throwing? Um, that's always kind of an interesting question for athletes who have go through, a, you know, a stabilization-type procedure um, is when do you let them start throwing? That number can be anywhere from six months up to nine months, sometimes even further along than that, just depending on how they feel. Um, obviously, if there's a you know a bony fixation piece that's here, that might delay that even a little bit further. I do think a timetable of you know getting him back for next year is probably reasonable. Although we're already into November, and so you start thinking about fast forward that nine, ten months down the road, and we're looking at next year already. So it'll be interesting to see you know kind of how many throwing reps he gets kind of through the summer. But my suspicion would be that probably by you know at least June, July, he's probably getting some throwing reps, if not a little sooner. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us here at Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, last thought, about 60 seconds left. Do you have any concerns about Deshaun Watson not being able to get back to his old self following the surgery? Are there any long-term risks with a guy injuring his throwing shoulder, fracturing this bone? Do you think he will get back to his old self, or do you think there's any concerns with that? Yeah, there's a lot of factors here to consider. So, you know, one, when you go in, what are you, you know, trying to accomplish here surgically? Well, obviously stabilization of the fracture, but also stabilization of the shoulder. In the process of doing that, having shoulder surgery, things get tighter. Joints get tighter when you go in and you do surgery on, on these types of structures, especially in a throwing athlete. So, one, he's going to have to battle some stiffness and some tightness. Um, can he get through that, potentially? Number two, he's going to have to battle that kind of the whole mechanics that go along with that. So, you know, to retrain your brain how to throw. And then three is that kind of that uh, 
tightness, stiffness sets in, obviously that can change some of your velocity. And so that could be a bigger issue for him too. And then, you know, kind of the last thing, probably the most important part here is really, you know, how much, uh, how much of a risk is he at going back in terms of redeveloping this injury, you know, taking another hit to the socket, another hit to the labrum, you know, can you tear through those sutures? Can you kind of redevelop instability? When you look at obviously the size of the people he's going up against and the hits that they take, that's obviously a possibility um, that can happen. You think about the, the force that goes through that shoulder and direct contact, um, that can be enough to kind of overpower, you know, whether it's screws that you put in to fix this or whether it's suture you put in to fix this, patients can tear back through that stuff, and I've seen that happen. And so that's always another risk for him, too. Do I think he can come back? I think he'll try for it. I think it's reasonable, uh, but I think throwing-wise he'll probably be a little bit different next year, uh, but hopefully as time goes along and his tissues become maybe more elastic and pliable, he can return back to a pretty high level of throwing and accuracy. Dr. Brandon, we'll get caught up again next week. Thanks for the time. Okay, fellas, y'all take care. Good stuff from Dr. Brandon Seifert, Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. I did not have the guts to ask him if said shoulder issue requires a masseuse (laughs) on staff. We'll wind out a Wednesday next on Hale Varsity.